Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. The editorial lead for the UK's most prominent marketing title and event. Responsible for leading the content, editorial and strategic direction across several platforms for both brands. With a track record of conceiving, developing and curating content for highly successful events, editorial products and commercial partnerships that meet the needs and exceed the expectations of the senior marketing audience and of those clients. That's Russell. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Podcastworks, which was set up to tell the story of people going it their own way in media industries. I myself set up a consultancy in 2018, from which I launched a media agency to fulfil the proposals that the consultancy made, and had loads of great advice in doing so. It has, however, morphed over the last two years into an industry commentary podcast, as Adlan catches up with the cultural changes a lot of them due to COVID, and media and marketing professionals address changes in consumer behaviour. This morning, we have Russell Parsons, as I say, uh, in to talk to us about what's going on in the marketing world. Morning. Welcome, Russell. Uh, Good morning, and welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me, even. (laughs) Sorry, I find it really difficult to get out of the mode of me presenting podcasts. It's kind of weird, or at least it's rarer for me to be sitting on the other side, uh, as it were. Uh, so forgive me. This no, is we're all not, welcome. This is not my show, it's yours. <laughs> we're, we're all welcome. And, I, you know, it's a segue beautifully to my first question was going to be about podcasts anyway. So as a, as a podcast host of yourself, um, what do you think's driven the, the, the explosion and interest in them? Oh, uh, I, I suppose reach is one very simple and rather boring uh, answer to that question, uh, given that in the main they are free to access and are accessible via a smartphone, then that's one very obvious and rather sledgehammer reason. Uh, I suppose the other, and if I think about my own podcast habits, just this weekend I was listening, and this is going to reveal myself to be an absolute nerd, uh, to a podcast about 90s football. Okay. That's quite kind of niche. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also a three and a half hour podcast about a single episode of Top of the Pops. Which one? Chart music, it's called. Okay. So two people and the host go into the minutia 
of a an episode and the context of when it was aired of Top of the Pops. And they do this for three, three and a half hours, and I absolutely love it. As I say, it probably says a little bit about me as a pop trivia nerd, but podcasts allow that freedom. They allow that room for people to get right down the back of the sofa in pop cultural history. And that that hasn't really been afforded in other media previously. And the great radio shows will always sort of tap into a a, a truth, a universal truth through phone-ins, or at least the great radio presenters and hosts will. But even that's limited. It's finite. It's It's driven by getting to the news, getting to the next uh, show and, and, and queuing up the next presenter. Whereas podcasts give people freedom and there is a market out there, as I've just proven with my rather sad admissions of what I enjoy from a podcast. I'm, I'm still intrigued about how you can run a three and a half hour episode of a podcast about a single episode of Top of the Pops. <laughs> uh, well, as I say, I will... I will uh, I will plug it one more time. Okay. Sharp music. There we are. Um, it, you don't listen to it, or at least I don't listen to it in one sitting, as it were. I see it as a novella that uh, reveals itself over those three and a half hours. Actually, I think the longest episodes generally clock in or can clock in over four hours. But, oh um, you know, it, it, it delves really deep. And there isn't another media that affords that time that space and it appeals to me and appeals to thousands of others i'm sure i i i i get it i'm obviously a fan um but the 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 thing that that bothers me a little bit about it is how it's taken so long for it to be as big as it is now i would have thought that with exactly the reasons that you you've stated 10 maybe 11 12 years ago when we first had ipods and podcasting was something that came along with them. It should have exploded then, but I never really felt that it did get going. Um, I'm not sure what the numbers are. I mean, I I was a, and I, I can't really say this with any credibility when it comes to a lot of things, uh, but I was an early adopter. So, and most of my uh, peer group listened to podcasts. I suppose it's like anything. There is... There is a market there, as I've just described, and that now is being realised and being exploited for want of a better way of putting it. But there wasn't necessarily the product. So Mm. these things didn't exist. And now that they do, and as I say, because of the reach and the ability uh, to be uh, to increase awareness and consideration and all of that good marketing stuff, then it's there. And how are you getting on with yours? Um, ours is uh, the Marks and Wheat podcast. Actually, I don't uh, front typically the regular Marks and Wheat podcast. That's uh, a podcast called This Much I Learned. My colleague Charlotte does. Uh, I do a lot of the podcasts that we do in partnership with uh, commercial partners. Uh, so whether or not we're exploring uh, customer experience or B2B, they're the ones that I generally uh front and they do okay i mean that's 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 the interesting uh, aspect and perhaps it speaks to what you were just talking about it's a medium that people have become comfortable mm. and go to uh, for insight as much as they do an article 
nowadays. And that's a great challenge that we face, yeah. I face as an editor. People want insight. They want inspiration. Uh, inspiration. They want information. Uh, you've got to work out what the best way to deliver that is. Don't start with a podcast, but if a podcast is the best way to deliver that insight, then it's the best way to deliver that insight. I get it. And do, do you see the, the, the podcasting or podcasts would be becoming a, an important part of the media mix for, for planning and buying agencies? Uh, in the sense that there is an audience there, uh, absolutely. But like anything, when you are looking to reach people, and it speaks to just what I was saying there about the challenge that I face as editor, it shouldn't be your first thing to consider it shouldn't be i need one of those podcasts because everybody else has got one it should be what am i trying to say and there and what's the right way to uh, reach people to say it that's what you should be considering and that feels like a media or even marketing strategy 101 <laughs> well we, we, we were talking about 101 just before we started recording so i'm sure we're going to get back into that but i think you're absolutely right you know it's not something that should be done just because everybody else is doing it it's got to be it's got to have its place it's got to be used and it's going to have discrete values that need to tap into what everything else is doing to convey what it needs to do to the consumer but you're talking about very niche podcasts there, so perhaps that's, that, that, that may be an example of where they can do it on their own without the support of anything else. Well, it's been interesting of late to see how many websites are essentially setting themselves up as uh, subscription services uh, via Patreon, etc., uh, that um, obviously gives them a recurring and regular revenue stream and does, to a degree to a large extent cut out the vagaries of the advertising market so it is an interesting space yeah i, I completely agree i feel that it was um it's probably treated as a bit of emperor's new clothes for for a long time but you know the, the reality of it is is that you know there are millions of podcasts and there are you know there are people selling their podcasts for billions of dollars uh, joe rogan um so there's certainly an industry in there but there is always an emperor's new clothes that, about uh, elements of ma advertising and media and marketing. Do you think that there's anything at the minute that we need to be aware of that may may not be quite as stable as it's presenting itself? I'll, I'll give you a starter for 10 on that to see where I'm at. I'm, I'll talk about NFTs and Web3 and the way that we're presenting the metaverse at the minute. I, I am deeply sceptical about it. <laughs> uh, I suppose... I mean, I'm, maybe you are right to be sceptical. The issue with all of those things is... Yeah, people become almost obsessed very quickly. And I've been at Marketing Week for a lot longer than I've been editor. So I've been around for a long, long time. So without sounding like a wizened old man when I say this, you know, I've seen a lot of things come and go, yep. shall we say. Um, a lot of change has happened uh, as many things have stuck as have, uh, as have not stuck. You know, people were talking about 3D printing as the future, and I'm not even entirely sure that I ever quite got what that actually was, never mind what it offers brands and what it offers uh, marketers and customers. So a lot's changed, and uh, there is, there is a, a lot of things, to use your phrase, Emperor's New Clothes, 
Uh, I don't want to get into NFTs or Web3 or the metaverse, but there's a lot of people out there whose job it is to sell those things and for them to be a success. And they tend to be the people who have a lot of money and can perhaps dominate the conversation. But equally, there is not all marketers, I have to stress, but enough that to, are very quick to jump straight to the tactic yeah. and jump straight to exploring what these things can mean for them and perhaps should take a step back always and think, what is it that's in service of the customer and what's yep. in service of the company? And the answer might, well, never be metaverse or NFT. Absolutely. It'll be something a lot more prosaic yep. and a lot less sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's, that is probably the truth of it, really, at the end of the day. the um, and, and I agree. You know, It's got to be considered as part of how it delivers against a strategy, not doubling down on a single tactic because it's shiny and new. I don't think that's the right thing, but I think that it will have a place for, for a lot of marketing strategies moving forward. It does actually, however, lead me into to a, a, a secondary concern that, that I have about the industry. And we've been talking for the last few years of the automation of workflow and how the machines are going to be able to deliver on the jobs that we have. Can you ever see that that is going to be an outcome for the world? I mean, surely we need people and we need... Yeah, we we need the understanding that people have of other people for marketing to work. Can it come down to an algorithm? I, I almost feel like uh, the rallying call uh, in answer to your question should be people matter. They have a place. Of course they do. Uh, listen, I almost feel uh, incapable. It's it's an existential question of the future of the future <laughs> so, that you're uh, asking so me here. So early here, yeah. Uh, machines will uh, take over the world. Uh, well, l l let me bring it back to marketing. Of course, there are processes that can be perhaps more efficiently done through automation. And as long as that doesn't compromise the effectiveness of what people do and the money that they spend, fine. But of course, to go back to my rallying call, people do matter. They have a place. And they have a huge place. Innovation generally comes from the margins. It often comes from the things that people are not looking for. It's uh, it's an exploration through behavioral science, often uh, done well, of uh, of of need and of want. So you know, the famous example often cited is the iPad, which you know put to anybody on a piece of paper, cold and without context, wouldn't really make any sense mm. as a product. But of course, it made perfect sense. And that came from customer insight, it yep. came from a, an understanding of, uh, of, of, of need. And it also required a little bit of a leap of faith as well, none of which can be done through automation. No. As I say, there are processes around the edges that can perhaps be more efficiently delivered, but uh, marketers matter, people matter. There you go. <laughs> we'll print these out for signs. There's as we, the T-shirt right there. <laughs>
That's it. Well, that's it. That's going to be the name of the podcast today, I think. Um, so you've been at Marketing Week, as you mentioned, for, for a while, and we, we've touched across a, a few things that are changing in the industry recently. What draw, draw you to it in the first place? Marketing Week in particular. Well, Marketing Week and the, the marketing industry. I think there's probably three questions in there. Uh, yeah, well, I tell you what, I'll, I will get round to answering those three questions, but um, I, I, I'll start with an omission. I didn't have a grand plan or a burning desire to write about marketing. I, my working at Marketing Week was essentially a product of being made redundant from one job and needing gainful employment. So, but having been in journalism and trade journalism in particular uh, for a decent length of time before I joined Marketing Week and reporting on rather esoteric financial instruments, securities, derivatives, and specifically the compliance of those, then marketing was something that my mum might be able to recognise. And it was certainly something that I can imagine and I could see and I could relate to. So uh, from that regard, it was a lot more enjoyable than what I had been writing about. That was right at the beginning. And of course, I'm still there. 13 years, I think it is, later since I joined Marketing Week. And over that period of time, as I've just mentioned, there's been quite a lot of change. But what is very apparent to me is that marketing matters. That's your other T-shirt, perhaps it, your other slogan. Absolutely. Today. Listen, marketing drives growth in businesses and businesses drive income and uh, generate taxes or at least those uh, corporate citizens good corporate citizens do <laughs> so you know it has a place in the health and financial well-being of the nation yep and it also done well can change culture it can change fortunes and it can change language i mean look think back to some of the great tv adverts of the 80s, 90s, and yeah. indeed beyond, uh, the phrases, catchphrases have yeah. entered the lexicon. And that's an amazing thing. I think perhaps uh, some working advertising don't necessarily appreciate that. And generally, people working in marketing don't necessarily appreciate the worth and the value of what they do. And that has seen many lurch towards you know, overstretched through brand purpose and things like that. I, I think that's sometimes a, a product of uh, a queasiness. But at the core, as I say, it can drive growth. It can change and transform the financial well-being of companies. Yep. I mean, just think, I mean, as I say, harking back to the 80s, just, just look at the impact of those amazing BBH adverts on Levi's mm -hmm. fortunes and Club Card, a, a, a different marketing aspect, but uh, no less valuable. And the impact that that had, not only on Tesco, but on the category. Yeah. These things make a huge difference. 
they might not be worthwhile or worthy in regards to uh, brand purpose and and that and I know that's perhaps a different uh, a different conversation for a different day but they are incredibly worthwhile and marketers are at the center of that and to be reporting on an industry that can make that kind of difference done well and at its best it's a good place to be I agree, and it's 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 a fascinating place to be, and I think for to to go a little bit left field from that, but sort of linked, maybe there's an opportunity right now for for some serious marketing to change for uh, the UK and for England and for the Commonwealth. And since we last started talking, the um, the we've got a new prime minister, we've got a, a new monarch in the UK. What, what, what do you think that can we expect anything from them in terms of revamping the brand in, under which we all live? Oh, goodness. Yeah, there, there are. are many, many, many <laughs> strands that I could pull on in answer to that. Uh, the short answer is I don't know. The I mean, whether or not I, I've often found it difficult to comprehend the notion of uh, nations as brands. Uh, I mean, I suppose you think about it in terms of its attractiveness to visitors, its attractiveness uh, as a place to invest. And there are lots and lots of different elements uh, and different things to get right and very wrong in that regard. And then you've got the less tangible perception that people have, which, mm-hmm. again, can be one thing in one country yeah, and another thing in another uh, clearly, there are those that are not predisposed to the current Conservative government and the one that's in, been in power for a long time, who would say that Brand Britain has been damaged by the actions uh, of uh, of the current government. There are others, perhaps, who would say the opposite. You can probably tell I'm sitting somewhere on the fence here not because i'm afraid of getting into the uh the nuances of whether or not uh brand britain has been damaged and whether or not it needs to be repaired just because i'm not entirely sure as i say it depends hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And it's a... It's a it, yeah, the, I mean, the, the question was really something that I was thinking about a little bit yesterday when we were watching the funeral. I thought, you know, if, if you think about the Queen, from, from my point of view, she was honest, she was robust, she was she was gamely, she was interesting, she was fun, she was honest, she was, you know, she she felt like a a strong leader. Um, and then certainly watching all the military processions behind her, how much they invested in her leadership. I thought I thought it was absolutely incredible. I wonder whether we can get that delivered again, is what I was really thinking. And then what, what did that mean? What does that mean? How do we do it? Who can do it? in wholesale change that we've just been through. Yeah. I mean, these things, I suppose, are protocol, uh, and and those that carry them out are doing so out of duty. So the answer is everything will continue to a degree, but whether or not it will continue in the same way will be dependent on the next monarch, our current monarch, King Charles. And, and, and the vision that he has for the monarchy, I'm not sure he's really revealed that just yet. And um, I'm not sure that that will be immediately apparent in the few, next few years. I suppose it's for historians to look back and to pick over the uh, Caleron. Cal- uh, I was, I was going to draw Carolian. Carolian. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Shame on me. But are we also in an Elizabethan era at the same time as well with Liz Truss being governing <laughs> well I think I'm going to make a prediction that uh, no. the, uh, <laughs> the the Liz Truss age will uh, last considerably for a considerably shorter time than any other and here we go. We, you, you did mention at the beginning that this would probably go off rails a little bit. <laughs> it really did then. So may, maybe to bring it back in a little bit with a um, with a question that, that sort of it bothers me a little bit about marketing um, and the, the the whole ecosystem of advertising, media, marketing, etc., and the, the effect that all that has. That I, I feel that it's a it's an industry that you can get into and stay into unqualified. It doesn't carry the same kind of requirements as lawyers or uh, accountants, yet you are doing something that could potentially have the the same effect on a business, both one way or another, positively or negatively, yet you can get into it without being qualified to do so. And it baffles me why that's still the case. Uh, It baffles me as well. I mean, I've just painted uh, in answer to a question you asked me earlier about why I enjoy and stay uh, in the marketing world with a rather utopian I painted a rather utopian vision of what marketing can do and I'd stand by all of that but of course there's a hell of a lot wrong and one of the things that is wrong is the lack of training and formal training Uh, my colleague and columnist Mark Ritson obviously speaks very animatedly and colourfully about this uh, subject that uh, you don't have to have a qualification and I will make that qualification but you do need formal training you don't need a degree an undergraduate or postgraduate degree but you do need 
formal schooling. That much yep. I'm absolutely clear on. And the reasons should be absolutely apparent to everybody. There are precedent. There is an established way of doing things and doing things well. And again, and Mark's made this point uh, rather pointedly in, in various columns that he's written for me over the years, that there is sometimes a little bit of a badge of honour amongst some in the industry that they, you know, as if as if making it up as they're going along is is something to be applauded, uh, that you don't need, you know, as a badge of honour not to have a qualification, sorry, or not to have any formal training. Yep. It's, you know, it's worrying and it can lead to all sorts of consequences. The tactification, the lack of due consideration given to strategy, a lack of impact, yes, in terms of the money that marketers spend, but also influence, influence within their organisation. All of these things can be of consequence to not having training, to not doing things in a way that is considered correct and proper and has precedent even uh, of success. So it is an issue and it is one of those things that is going to hold marketers back from realising the opportunity yep. that uh, is there. And as I say, the one that I painted earlier. One of the other issues, and this is something that marketing again, does not share with other industries, is that what good looks like is often ill-defined or not defined at all. You ask one marketer what effectiveness is, mm. and you'll get a totally different answer if you asked another marketer what effectiveness is. And that can't be right. There needs to be, and I don't know whose job it is, trade bodies, CIM, but somebody to actually sit down and work out what good looks like, what standards should be. But training, formal training in the fundamentals of marketing, absolutely paramount to not just your success as a marketer, but also the ultimate success of the industry. Do you think that that needs to apply to the the whole supply chain in the industry? So should that be media owners and creatives and everybody understanding the fundamentals of marketing? Yeah, I mean, it. if you are in the ecosystem and if nothing else, you need to understand the job of the people who pay your wages, i.e. your clients, whether or not that you are an intermediary or working directly with clients, then to see the bigger picture, to understand the bigger picture, to know what good looks like, absolutely essential to you being able to deliver and uh, tactically perform. I, I agree, and, and I hope we do that. I'm I'm wondering now about what we could say to people who are potentially thinking about getting into the industry who who may be just coming out of university now and thinking what the hell is it that I'm going to be doing and if there's an interest of marketing for them how, how do they accelerate that what what can they do to get in to what is a notoriously difficult industry to start in well you could as i say do some uh 
some formal training. There are many, many uh, qualifications available to under post and indeed those without a uh, degree. Allow me the plug, but there's Marketing Week's uh, mini MBA delivered uh, and uh, presented by Mark Ritson. <laughs> there we go. You don't need to have a degree to take that, but that will give you an excellent grounding. One thing that is really interesting, and this I'm going to just leap to a broader point, not necessarily answering the question that you asked me, but apprenticeships are really interesting mm -hmm. for all sorts of reasons. Marketing needs to become more accessible to more people at more points and more times in their lives. And apprenticeships are just one way that you can achieve that. Uh, the reason being is we've done a lot of work at Marketing Week on accessibility into the industry and also the demographic makeup of marketers. Yep. Most people still join marketing after doing an undergraduate degree now the world of further and higher education has democratized significantly in the last 20 years but it's still made up graduates are still of a type mainly and that doesn't necessarily lend itself to great diversity in marketing and we've done a lot of work uh, through our career and salary survey every year in identifying and putting some data behind that lack of diversity and it isn't just about ticking boxes. It's about diversity of thought. It's about understanding all of your customers. So that needs to improve. And if you only recruit via universities, then that's not necessarily going to be addressed yep. and improve. So apprenticeships, formal internships, outreach into schools, into sixth forms, into places and amongst people that wouldn't even think about marketing as a career is absolutely necessary. And as I say, apprenticeships are just one way to do that. Uh, the industry needs to get behind it. Everybody in the ecosystem has a part to play in improving this. Sounds great. We'll do our part. Everybody can, and there are various organisations that you can partner with. Uh, on apprenticeships. I'll, I'll give one plug uh, to an organisation called School of Marketing, uh, led by and inspired by, in many ways, the fantastic and very impressive Richie Mater. Check them out. You can, uh, you can partner uh, through them and, uh, as I say, widen that accessibility to people who might not necessarily think about marketing as a career. Well, we will do our very best to, to help that. And, and thank you for that plug. We'll check it out. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given along your journey in marketing? Um, ooh, uh, I think, well, if I can answer that question, not necessarily about marketing, because yeah. I'm not a marketer. I'm an absolute charlatan. Remember, I'm, I'm not a trained marketer. I'm a journalist. Uh, I think somebody uh, said to me, goodness, it wasn't that long ago when I was thinking about career and about extracting maximum value out of what it is that I do they showed me what it is that they do to that end and they charted their career over many many years something that I can do because I've been working for a, a similar amount of time and they were charting 
when they'd particularly enjoyed their job and particularly enjoyed their career and why and then they determined and decided that they were going to double down on what it was that was behind those career peaks and it's quite a process driven exercise but it gets you thinking about what it is that you really enjoy from work and actually you could apply it to life as well but uh, certainly in work you could so what was it that I particularly enjoyed about that job in that moment at that time that's the stuff that I need to do more and more of I mean clearly the day-to-day often interrupts your pursuit of the ideal but um, I found that a really really useful exercise I can't say I always do it Mm. and always live by it and subscribe by it but when I do and I take a moment to think what is it that really got me out of bed during that period that's how I need to approach work again I think that's 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 fascinating. Um, certainly, when, when when I look back, things tend to be very black or white. I either loved it or I hated it, and that's not helpful. So, if, you, if you're doing it on a more kind of a more uh, contemporary, you know, in, in the moment basis, then that that would probably be something that I might find quite useful. I've got lots of things I need to do after this. You've got a lot, lots. I could check out the Eritzen MBA. I've got to check out your, <laughs> <laughs> everything else that you've mentioned. You've given me loads of things to think about. Glad to be of service. Oh, it certainly is. I've really enjoyed today. Thank you. It's, it's been fantastic having you in. Um, I think there's just one thing that I wanted to say before we um, we we left off. And um, Mike Anderson, who I said it to previously, may not like it, but I think that you've got the most lovely radio voice that we've had in here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I, I can only say thank you. <laughs> If only I could uh, employ it in the world of radio, perhaps. That would be a... Uh, it was when I, I was obsessed by radio when I was younger. I was obsessed by listening to it, obsessed by... Not so much how it worked, but just... just I got most of my information from from radio. And uh, so to hear that is... Um, yeah, not, as I say, I'm not sure what I can do with it. You don't need to do anything with it. It's just a, it's an observation and, you, 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 you know, the, the perfect voice for radio. Or podcast. <laughs> well, that much I can do something about. Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street Creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market